0: What's up, guys? I'm Louise Hazel, Olympian, gold medal-winning heptathlete and CEO of Slay. I'm so excited to be here with you as part of the Masterclass series to help you to unleash your inner athlete so that you can enjoy more wins in health, fitness, and in life. As your new trainer, you can think of me as your own personal Olympic coach that is dedicated to ensuring that you and your body are in the best possible shape to win absolutely key to achieving your health and fitness goals is having a plan and it was the only thing that helped me to secure a commonwealth gold medal and a place at the london 2012 olympic games and now i'm here to help you I just wanted to point out that from here on in, you and me, we are a team. You've employed me to be your number one cheerleader, your mentor and your guide. In this masterclass, I'm gonna teach you how to create health and fitness goals and achieve them like we do as elite athletes and in our gym in Hollywood. But the most important lesson that you will learn is how to bridge the gap from where you are today to where you want to be. When you're setting health and fitness goals, you need five basic things. Your what, why, when, who, and your how. You're going to clearly identify your goal, will remind you of your purpose, you'll set your time frame. pick a team, and we will guide you to your first action step. You'll discover why having a plan will greatly influence your results. And finally, you're gonna learn how to show up for yourself to maximize your chances of success. By the end of this masterclass, you're going to have a clear vision of where you're heading and how you're going to get there. You're gonna feel like a winner and you're gonna go out there and get what you deserve. The first thing you need to know about setting health and fitness goals is that it's really important to be specific when you're identifying your goal. If your goal is to lose weight, then my first question to you would be, how much weight? Our goals need to be quantifiable. That means where possible, we should be pinning down our goals to a specific measurable number. This will make it easy to assess whether we're moving towards or further away from our goals when we come to check in. So go ahead, pick a number and hold it in your thoughts. For the sake of this exercise, I'm gonna assume that you want to lose weight. 98% of us will go wrong when it comes to setting health and weight loss goals. I've seen it a thousand times in the gym, so listen up here's the secret. Stop setting weight loss goals and start setting fat loss goals. Setting a weight loss goal is a pointless exercise. If you set a weight loss goal, then you're already on the path to losing and here's why. The whole concept of weight loss is flawed and it boils down to one simple fact. Our body weight is made up of many things, namely muscle, water and fat. So when we step on the scale in the morning and see a decrease in weight and celebrate, often what we're celebrating is an illusion. Decrease in weight could be attributed to a reduction in any one of those three things. Here's what the fitness industry won't tell you. We're not looking for any old weight loss. What we're looking for is fat loss. So what type of weight do you want to lose? Do you want to lose 10 pounds of muscle or 10 pounds of fat? All of these measurements combined will change weekly, sometimes daily, depending on our habits and activities. For most of our clients at Slay, the goal is to lose body fat, and this can be done in a number of ways. The first way is what I call the old-fashioned way, and that's with tons of cardio and with a focus on burning maximal calories and creating a daily calorie deficit. We all know that one friend that spends hours on the treadmill and eats rabbit food. Well, you can make great improvements in cardiovascular fitness and weight loss, but the body will lack tone and definition. Think skinny, but soft. The results are often short-lived because the training volume and dietary restrictions are often unsustainable and in some cases can lead to severe burnout and malnutrition. The second way is what I call the sleigh way. And this is the answer to creating a lean, toned and athletic physique. We combine resistance training with cardio to expose the body to a variety of training intensities and modalities that will bring about an improvement in cardiovascular fitness and muscular strength. Think of JLo, aged age 50, who's still strutting around with abs. She lifts weights and dances for cardio. Combine this training method with a diet of moderation, adequate refueling, and you'll be well on your way to your best body ever. So if your goal is fat loss, then you need to find out your body fat percentage. You can do this at home by using a smart scale that provides you with your daily body composition. If you have any questions about the type of results that you're looking for, then slide on in my DMs on Instagram, at Louise Hazel, and I'll do my best to help you, but only if you promise that you'll make the concept of weight loss the thing of a past. Screw it up, toss it in the trash, it's done, cooked, over with. Fat loss is much more specific. As a little bit of homework, take the time now to write down what it is you want to achieve with regards to your health and fitness goals. The second thing you need to know about setting health and fitness goals is why you're doing it. Now that you've identified what you want to achieve, we should probably figure out why you want to achieve it. Together, we're going to identify your purpose. When it comes to setting our health and fitness goals, our motivations can vary. Sometimes motivation comes from within us. For example, if we wanted to lose fat to improve our confidence, we'd be intrinsically motivated. And sometimes the motivation for our goals comes from outside of us. For example, if our partner wants us to lose £10 for an upcoming vacation, in which case I'd probably tell them to piss off. But in this instance, we'd be extrinsically motivated and potentially single again. My advice to you would be to figure out which one motivates you more and create an environment that lends itself to success. For example, if your extrinsic motivation is to get back at your ex, then you might want to get yourself a gym membership at his gym. But all jokes aside, like an onion, there are layers to motivation behind wanting to improve our health and fitness. At Slay, we identify our motivation by using what I call the three layer rule. I recently sat down with one of my clients in a consultation and asked her why she wanted to lose fat, and she revealed that she had a friend's wedding coming up. Awesome! I love a good wedding, but at this point, I'm not satisfied with that answer. We've only peeled back one layer of the onion. You see, when it comes to motivation, I'm a little bit of a nosy cow. It's important to me, as your coach, to know more. I wanna know who this friend is. Are you a bridesmaid? Do you even like this chick? I wanna know how invested you are in this friendship and how committed you are to turning up at her wedding as your best self. Because when life's real obstacles pop up, like work, kids, sleep, or travel, this is when you'll start to reevaluate that friendship and whether you really care about her wedding photos anyway. Time to get to the second layer. I asked her why she wanted to lose fat before her friend's wedding and she replied that she wanted to look and feel her best, which is a perfectly adequate surface level answer and most people would cease in their line of questioning at this point but most people aren't me. Oh no, I'm going all the way, all the way to the third layer. I asked why is it so important to look and feel your best that you'd go so far as to get a personal trainer? And after a little bit more consideration, she revealed that the reason she wanted to get in shape for her friend's wedding is actually because one of her ex-boyfriends was going to be there. So she wants to rub it in his face. And there it is, your motivation, your purpose. Now, I'm not here to judge your motivation. I'm only here to help you secure the bag. So let's go. Without that third layer of why, it kind of makes it easy to walk away from our goals at any moment, doesn't it? So... Here's what we're gonna do right now. Take out your phone, open the notes section, and write down the goal you just identified for yourself. Then go three layers deep on your why. That third layer is your purpose. Now take a screenshot on your phone and DM me results. I promise I'll keep your name anonymous. The third thing you need to know about health and fitness goals is how setting your time frame might actually be holding you back. Here's a big secret that might turn what you think you know about goal setting on its head. When it comes to fat loss, set your speed, not a date. Instead of setting the date we want to arrive at our goal, we should actually focus on the speed in which we want to get there. Here's why. When we focus on the arrival date, it does nothing more than mark a mere moment in time. Previously, the purpose of setting a date for arrival for our health and fitness goals was to provide us with a sense of urgency that helps to catapult us into action. Now, why would you want to catapult yourself into action or anything in a hurry? Why would you want to rush the process? The concept of an arrival date sometimes does the complete opposite of its intended purpose. It propels us into a blind panic and can actually move us further away from our goals and cause us to make uninformed informed and rash decisions regarding our long-term health and fitness. Half the time, we have no idea what the hell we're doing. We don't know how we should be training or what we should be eating. So we launch into extreme action without an adequate plan of attack and without all of the information that we need, meaning that quite frankly, our outcomes could go either way. As your coach, it's my job to make sure that they only go one way and that's forward. Therefore, setting an arrival date for your goals is a useless activity, unless, of course, you've set your speed first. Before we set the speed at which you want to lose fat, presuming that's what you want to do, it'll be worthwhile sitting down and being honest with yourself about your level of discipline because the faster you want to go, the more demanding the journey ahead will be. It's been reported that to lose two pounds of fat, we must burn 7,000 calories. For those seeking fast results of losing eight pounds of fat in four weeks, you need to create a calorie deficit of 7,000 calories per week. That's a thousand calories deficit per day. For those seeking moderate results of losing four pounds of fat in four weeks, you need to create a 3,500 calorie deficit per week. That's 500 calorie deficit per day. And for those seeking steady results of losing two pounds of fat loss in four weeks, you'd need to create a 1,750 calorie deficit per week. That's 250 calorie deficit per day. The fastest way to lose fat, therefore, is a combination of diet and exercise. One of those things alone will not get you there quickly. Therefore, your daily calorie deficit should be made up of calories burned during exercise and calories removed from our diets. Think of your diet as being the wood that fuels the fire and exercise as the lighter fuel that accelerates how quickly the wood burns, but beware, It's not as simple as it sounds. If you swing too far into a calorie deficit and fail to meet your basal metabolic rate, the amount of calories required to keep your body functioning at rest, then you run the risk of a number of issues such as burnout, slowed metabolism, adrenal fatigue, muscle loss, nutrient deficiencies, infertility, weakened bones, and a lowered immune system. And all of those things will have a negative effect on your ability to lose fat. For now, I want you to decide what level of discipline you possess, fast, moderate, steady. And once you understand that, you can make realistic deadline for yourself. Maybe losing 20 pounds for your friend's wedding in four weeks is gonna be unrealistic, but losing it in four months for your next holiday might be totally doable. Decide who you are, decide your speed, and then decide on your arrival date. The fourth thing that you need to know about setting health and fitness goals is that you need a team. I once heard a quote that said, if you want to go quickly, then go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Surrounding yourself with a great team will not only help you to achieve your goals, but it will help you to maintain your results. When it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals, stop surrounding yourself with good people and start surrounding yourself with the right people. Good people are awesome, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be good for you or your goals. I'll say that again, just because a person is good doesn't mean that they have a place on your team. But do you know who does have a place on your team? The right people. Now it's our job to figure out who those people are to you. And if the right people are also good people, then that's a huge bonus. To help you identify your team, I'm gonna explain what I call the four pillars. Imagine the four corners of a house. Without one of those pillars, the house would fall. The pillars represent people you need on your team in order to be successful and to achieve your health and fitness goals. Number one, the most important pillar, the advisor. The advisor is a person that you can learn from, a person who has the knowledge and experience that you don't have, the person that will help fill in the blanks when you have a question about your health and fitness. This could be a person that you already know or a person that you need to seek out and befriend. This might be a personal trainer or a nutritionist or you might have to consider paying this person to provide you with the gaps in your knowledge. If you don't have the means to pay them, then you're gonna need to charm them over with gifts. Uh, Baked goods usually work for me. And if you can't afford to pay for their time, is there a service or a talent that you could offer them in return for their time? You'll figure it out. Where there's a will, there's a way. Number two, the truth teller. The truth teller does exactly what you'd expect of them. They will always tell you the truth. They're not telling you the truth to be mean or unkind. They're telling you the truth because you need to hear it and they want you to step into the best version of yourself. Truth tellers are valuable members of the team as they will lead you to question your beliefs and your actions and by doing so, you'll consider new ways of helping yourself. The golden rule with the truth teller is to never take what they say personally. Remember, they have your best interests at heart. They are an absolute gift. Number three, The encourager. The encourager is your number one cheerleader. The person that reminds you of what your health and fitness goal is and the person that helps to pick you back if and when you fall off the wagon. Now typically for me, the encourager is a person that also has a similar goal. If the encouragement is coming from a person who sits at home all day on the couch cheering you on, that's great but it's not very inspiring. The encourager should be a person that works as hard and possibly even harder than you do. This could be a training partner or an accountability partner, a person that believes in your hard work because they've seen you do it and they understand how hard it is because they're doing it themselves. And finally, the healer. The healer is the person who can fix you when you're broken. A healer might be able to heal you physically, for example, a chiropractor or a massage therapist. They could offer mental or emotional healings, for example, a therapist. I have many healers in my life. The ones that I see the most regularly are people that often allow my body to perform at the highest level. My massage therapist, Jesse and my chiropractor, Alex, who recently started working with our clients down at Slay. The results have been excellent. Our clients now understand how inextricably linked the body and the mind are, and that how fixing one can have a positive impact on the other. Take a moment to think about who the four pillars are in your life and make a note to meet with each of them in the next two weeks. And if you can't offer them money, then offer them cake. And now that you have a team in place, it's your job to humbly call upon these people in your times of need. And don't be shy about letting them know that they're on your team and how important they are to your life. Never take these people, their skills or their kindness for granted. The fifth and final thing you need to know about setting health and fitness goals is that you need a plan. Many of us forget that the biggest part of achieving anything is action. When it comes to fat loss or any goal for that matter, become obsessed with the process, not the results. It's far better to focus on how you're going to achieve your goals than how you're going to look once they're achieved. The aim here is to find joy in the process. And the key to finding joy in something is to aim to master it. This could mean mastering new exercises in the gym or new recipes in the kitchen. I once heard a quote that said, something is better than nothing, but the right thing is better than anything. We're all completely unique, individual human beings. Some need more calories daily, some need less. Some have huge muscles, some have fine muscles, some have bodies that are fast, some have bodies that are slow. We assume that we're all the same when it comes to health and fitness and we most definitely are not. Your own personal genetics will greatly impact the way that you should train and fuel yourself. We briefly touched upon your individual daily calorie intake earlier but now I want to provide you with some insight into why training according to somebody else's body type is never an effective way to get your results. There are three common body types or compositions. You may well have heard of them before. Those with narrow shoulders and hips are ectomorphs, think Gwyneth Paltrow. Those with average width, hips and shoulders, are mesomorphs, think JLo. And those with broader shoulders and hips are endomorphs, think Ashley Graham. So take a moment now to identify which body composition you have naturally. Your body composition should greatly influence the blend of exercise activities that you take part in because your body will respond uniquely based on your individual genetic makeup. So here are some things to consider. Are you powerful like a sprinter, jumper, or weightlifter? If so, you'll love to express yourself with powerful exertions of force, but you'll hate long distance running because your muscles are simply not built for it and will fatigue quickly, just like mine. Or are you endurance-based, like a marathon runner, swimmer, or cyclist? If so, chances are Pilates and yoga is a breeze for you. But if you had to run fast, you'd feel like a fish out of water. Generally speaking, you'll fall into one of these two categories. But there are some unicorns out there who have a balance of both. We're called heptathletes boxers and 400 metre runners. We can create large explosions of power and sustain a good amount of endurance at the same time. So I say this to say, lean into your genetics, stop attending classes because your favourite celebrity endorses it when it doesn't allow you to express your natural capabilities. And once you find the right activities for you, it's your job to master every single challenge as it presents itself. Make a point of doing it well. Don't just do it as the Nike slogan says, do it with intention and do it with purpose. Our final step before I send you out into the world is to reframe the way you think about your body. And that starts with reimagining the way you see yourself and how that impacts the way you've always set your goals. Take the time now to shift your focus from what your body looks like to what your body can do. Take a moment to clap for yourself and for your body, because it's brought you this far. And you, my friend, are a living, breathing, miracle machine. Real talk. Your body is a whole machine. Look at what it does for you every single day. It wakes you up. It empties itself of toxins that could poison you. It alerts you to the fact that it needs fuel. It gets you to and from work. Sometimes it even feeds other humans. It gets you dressed and protects your modesty from strangers in the street. And occasionally it might even try a burpee. Wow. Like I said before, you're a living, breathing, miracle machine. And as a living, breathing, miracle machine, it's your right to walk this earth as the very best version of yourself. You deserve to be living and fulfilling your highest potential. Now let's go get these goals.